Am I on? Am I good? Yeah, I was just thinking, we're going to be looking in uh, Luke chapter 17. I was just thinking as we were singing this song, one of the one of the things that I spend a lot of time doing is looking for music. Um, you know, we always try and find, you know, new choruses, some new hymns, things like that. And, you know, in the course, and we do find some, some good music. But, you know, by and by, one of the things I find is that a lot of the newer songs really leave out the most important element. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. They're nice songs. They're pleasant songs to listen to, musically speaking. But they don't speak to your heart like those songs do. You know, when you think of, and can it be, amazing love. Man, I'm telling you what, it just stirs my heart when you think about how unworthy we are and how good he is. That's amazing love. Every one of those songs just ministered to my heart in a very special way. Pray for Pastor. Um, as you, many of you know, he was fighting through something on Sunday. He preached through it. He, he actually, uh, he came to me, he says, he says, brother, I don't know if I'm going to be able to speak. He says, you gotta, this is like at five to six. He says, I may have to give you my notes. He's the boss. What am I going to say? <laughs> I'm ready to go, Pastor. And I sat over there and he started preaching. And I thought to myself, I better pay attention. <laughs> He said, if my voice goes, you better be ready to come up. I said, I'm ready to go, Pastor. I was sweating. I never prayed so hard. No. And, uh, but do pray, do pray for him. His, his voice, uh, he said he feels fine. It's just his voice is, is gone. And so um, praise the Lord that we have uh, some time off from school. And um, you know how it is when you're running 100 miles an hour constantly sooner or later. It's hard to fight those, uh, those sicknesses. So do pray for him that he can get some rest and be ready to go. Luke chapter 17, Luke chapter 17, preaching on Thanksgiving Eve service, I, I had to cut it down. And you guys know me. Listen, it's hard for me. You know, I, I like to talk. And so now it just means I have to talk faster, okay? <laughs> anyway, Luke chapter 17. If, if I go too long, Mike, you'll just cut me off, correct? Yeah. I got it. Good. Uh, Luke chapter 17. I want to look at the thankful leper, the thankful leper. Luke chapter number 17, start reading verse 11. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice, glorified God. And fell down on his face and his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much. Lord, what great songs. Lord, praising you. Lord, just hymns of thankfulness and worship. And Lord, of Lord, what a great God you are. And so, Lord, we do thank you that we can take time, Lord, to, to just rejoice in the things you've done. And Lord, we just pray now that as we open up your word, Lord, that you would continue to speak to our hearts this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ten lepers are healed. I, I can't imagine... What these, what these men must have been going through. 
Leprosy is not your common cold. It is a pariah of a disease that slowly, painstakingly deteriorates a person's body. You know, it's not a 24-hour bug. And I don't know how long they were suffering with this or how far along it was, but I'm sure that it was to the place where, and I'll explain why in a minute, they had had enough of it. Not only is it physically debilitating, it is emotionally debilitating. You're an outcast when you have leprosy. They were always, it says they were afar off. That's the way they were treated. Once you had leprosy, nobody wanted anything to do with you. They didn't want to catch it. They didn't want any part of it. These men, seeing Jesus, call him Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Isn't it great that in our time of trouble we call on Jesus to have mercy on us, and he does? The sad part is, after Christ heals them, only one returns to thank him. I want to be the minority. I want to have a heart of thankfulness. Too many times as I look back, I think, how many times have I forgotten to thank the Lord and praise him for what he's done? I don't want to use busyness as an excuse. It may be true, but it's just an excuse. Um, you know, I, I challenged our Sunday school class a few weeks back, and I said, listen, we were talking about prayer, and I said, it's always a good idea to keep a prayer journal for a couple of reasons. One, like me, I forget things. And I feel bad. I, I mean, I have oft, years ago, I got really convicted because oftentimes people would come up to me during, you know, after church and between services and say, hey, could you do me a favor and pray for me? And I would say yes. And then four days later, I'm like, you know what, I forgot. And I was convicted about that. Write it down somewhere. Keep a prayer journal. But the second reason it's a good idea to keep a prayer journal is to see how God answers prayer. Because too many times we write down requests and we pray for them, and then when they're answered, it's kind of like it just goes to the back of our minds. When God answers prayer, man, that's when we need to hit that prayer journal and say, God, thank you for this, and thank you for this, thank you for this, and thank you for saying no to this. But sometimes we forget. I want to be like that one that returned and thanked the Lord for what he had done. The others, oh, they were rejoicing because they no longer had the leprosy. But were they rejoicing in the one who had healed them? And I want to look at a few things this, this evening very, very quickly um, about having a thankful heart. About having a thankful heart. Number one, we need to have thankfulness in difficult trials. You, now that's hard. These men were lepers. Obviously, it was hard. Nine of them didn't even think about coming back. You never hear about them again. One did. So it is possible to be thankful during difficult times. What are some of the things that hinder us from having a thankful heart during these difficult times? Well, sometimes it's just the situation itself. You know, we look at the enormity of the situation. We look at the, listen, situations, circumstances, leprosy, in the case of the story we read, 
when we look at the situation, it can be very hard sometimes to have a thankful heart. Billy Graham said this. I read this. I thought this was great. Don't think of thankfulness as an obligation, but an opportunity. God gives us to pause and remember all the good things he has done for us. You know, when we're in the midst of a, of a difficult trial or a tragedy, the tendency is, and listen, I'm, I'm speaking from experience, the tendency is, woe is me. I've shared with you before, my favorite kind of parties are pity parties. You don't have to make food. You don't even have to invite anybody. It could just be you, and you can have a ball. But the reality of it is, when we're in those trials, that's the, the, the specific time that we need to look at what God has done and rejoice in those things. We can, listen, we can even find a reason to rejoice in that trial. Do you know why? Because even in that trial, God is working. Do you know God's using that trial to work? God works more through the trials in our life than he does through the blessings. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I don't want blessings. But the reality of it is God uses those trials in our life to bring us to the place that he's trying to take us to. And oftentimes we fight and we fight and we fight against them. And I'm just convicted and saying, you know what? We need to take the time to thank God and rejoice in what he has done. Well, that was yesterday. Still the same God. We would do well to remind ourselves in that difficult trial that God still loves us. See, sometimes we forget. We say, well, does God still love you? Yeah, he still loves me, but. Well, hold on a second. There's no buts. God loves you, exclamation point. Sometimes we say, well, God loves me, but, but why is he letting this happen to me? And that's what we mean. But the reality is God loves us and has not abandoned us. You say, well, I'm going through the hardest thing I've ever gone through. And listen, we've all gone through terrible things. And I'm not making light of any tragedy or trial that any of us have ever gone through. I'm really not. What I'm trying to say is we can be thankful because you know what? We need to be reminded that God hasn't abandoned us. You say, well, how do I know that? Because Jesus went to the cross because he loved us. Well, if Jesus went to Calvary for us because of his love for us, he's not going to leave us in the midst of a trial. He died for us. That's how I know that even in that trial, and listen, I'm, I understand. Listen, some we don't understand why we go through some things. Many of us don't understand. But we can know for sure that God is still with us and he hasn't abandoned us. But sometimes the situation itself can you know, um, hinder us from having thankfulness in that situation. What else? Our pride. Look at 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter number 32. See, our pride, yeah. Our pride can hinder us from having a thankful heart. 2 Chronicles chapter number 32, and in verse number 24, the Bible says this. In those days, Hezekiah was sick to the death. And prayed unto the Lord, and he spake unto him, and he gave him a sign. Now, what was that sign? Hold your finger here, and look back in 2 Kings chapter 20. It's kind of like a, a sister passage to this one. I'm going to read a few verses from 2 Kings chapter 20, and then we'll go back to 2 Chronicles. 2 Kings chapter 20, it says in verse 1, In those days Hezekiah was sick unto death. 
And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. Now jump up down to verse number 8. It says, And Hezekiah said unto Isaiah, What shall be the sign that the Lord will heal me? The Lord goes on to say in those previous verses that he's going to heal him. And look what he says in verse 8. What shall be the sign that the Lord will heal me, and that I shall go up into the house of the Lord the third day? And Isaiah said, This sign shalt thou have of the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing that he hath spoken. Shall the shadow go forward ten degrees, or go back ten degrees? And Hezekiah answered, It is a light thing for the shadow to go down ten degrees, nay... But let the shadow return backward ten degrees. And Isaiah the prophet cried unto the Lord, and he brought the shadow ten degrees backward, by which it had gone down in the dial of Ahaz. So God tells Hezekiah, I am going to heal you. Not because of who you are, Hezekiah, but because of who I am. Now look back in 2 Chronicles 32. We read verse 1, it says in uh, 24, it says in those days Hezekiah was sick. In verse 25, it says, But Hezekiah rendered not again according to the benefit done unto him. For his heart was lifted up. Therefore, there was wrath upon him and upon Judah and Jerusalem. God gives him a sign, and then he's not thankful. He asks for a sign. He asks for healing. God answers his prayer. Verse 26, Notwithstanding, Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart, both he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the wrath of the Lord came not upon them in the days of Hezekiah. If anybody thinks the Lord's not merciful, read that verse. After all Hezekiah had done. Now, the funny thing is you say, well, you know, why? He he did repent. He repented of his pride, but not for being thankful. And you say, well, what, is, what do you mean by that? If you, if you carefully, I don't know if you saw that or if you missed it, but in back, when we read, you don't have to turn there, but in 2 Kings, when he says, he turned his face to the wall and prayed, and then in verse 3, look what he says, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. You know what he's saying? Lord, look at all the things I've done for you. Look at how good I've been. Look at everything I've done for you, Lord. I need you to answer my prayer. God was gracious. Now listen, there was, there was revivals during Hezekiah's time. I don't want to speak ill completely, but in this particular passage, he's, it's almost like he's trying to convince God about how good he is. And listen, when our pride gets in the way, we will not convince God about how good we are because there is none that doeth good. No, not one. And so if God chooses to bless us and God chooses to answer prayers, however God chooses to bless us, we need to be thankful. But sometimes our pride gets in the way of that. Maybe he thought the sign that he asked of God, he he was doing. Maybe he thought, hey, I'm supposed to get a sign, God, because look at how good, look at all I've done. Mm -mm. Be careful, because that will keep us from having a thankful heart. Now, he repented of his pride, but you never hear anything about him being thankful. Our pride, our selfishness keeps us from being thankful. Not having enough. Not having what we want. And by want, I kind of put that in, you know, air quotes. Sometimes we pray and God chooses to answer that prayer according to his will and according to his plan. And sometimes, you know, we don't like that. 
I was told years ago, be careful about asking for patience. <laughs> we, we, listen, patience is a good thing. But be careful what you ask for. Because God, may, God will give us the patience, but we may have to go through trials to get that patience. You know, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, trials. One of the things that's a result of that is patience. Sometimes we pray and we ask the Lord for things and, oh, you, you, ever, you ever see the kids on Christmas? This is always great. They get the box and, oh, you know, they have that look like, I know what this is. I know what this is. And they, you can see their looks and they tear it open. It's like, oh, pajamas, oh. That's kind of somehow, sometimes, the way we act with God. Oh, oh yeah, you answered my prayer. Oh, be careful. Charles Spurgeon said, it is not how much we have, but how much we enjoy that makes happiness. We worry so much about more and more and more and more, we don't even stop to enjoy what God has blessed us with. It, it, God, if just this one thing, God, and I will be overjoyed. You'll see. The joy will be coming out of my ears. Then we get that thing, and what happens? There's something else. And we don't stop to enjoy all the blessings of God, to be thankful for all that God has blessed us with. And listen, it's great to hear testimony. Man, I, 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 listen, I rejoice when I hear what God's doing in people's hearts. I really do. I, I, love, I love this service. I really do. But do you ever think, do we ever not have thankful? Because... We didn't get our way. I have. I, I don't get my way. I, I'm not happy about it. God, there had to be a better way to do this. Because, of course, <laughs> I know what's best. Here's the thing. Selfishness breeds discontentment. And discontentment fosters a spirit of ingratitude. If we're not happy... We're not grateful. Where, where, does, where does discontentment come from? Where does, that, where does that discontentment come from? You know, a lot of times it comes from having a worldly perspective on things. You know, what's the old expression? Keeping up with the Joneses? I may be dating myself. Some, some of the younger people look at me like, what are you talking about? Basically, it's whatever my neighbor has, I have to have one better. If they have a $40,000 car, I have to have a $45,000 car. If they have an iPhone 10, I need an iPhone 11. You understand. And that's, that's really a perspective of looking at things from the world's perspective. When the reality of it is, all we truly need is Christ. What if God gave us nothing else? I love most of those songs we sang spoke of salvation. What if God gave us nothing else? And by the way, he's given us an enormous more amount more than that. But what if God gave us nothing else other than salvation? Should we, pr should we not praise him? Think about that. We should praise him. Just If it was just a salvation, we should praise him until the day he calls us home. Because all we truly need is Christ. But he chooses to bless us abundantly. Elizabeth Elliot said this, God has promised to supply all our needs. What we don't have now, we don't need now. I thought that was good. If we don't have it now, it's because we don't need it now, because God has promised to supply all our needs. Well, he didn't supply this. Well, then you didn't need it. Well, that's not true. How do you know? Because I know I need it. 
I can think back over the years that we've been saved, how many times God has provided an answer to prayers. Not the way I, just, not the way I envisioned it, but according to his plan. Let's be thankful. Number two, thankfulness in blessed times. Got to move quick. Thankfulness in blessed times. You know, sometimes answered prayer keeps us from being thankful. You're like, what? Is that even doctrinal? Look in Deuteronomy. You say, that's not possible. It, it is. And I'll show you why. Deuteronomy, we're going to look at two passages that are very, very similar. Deuteronomy chapter number 8, verse number 10. When... Thou has eaten. The book of Deuteronomy is basically Moses' parting words to the Israelites. Moses, we know, is not going into the promised land. This is at the end of his life, and he's, he's trying to warn and encourage and challenge the Israelites. And these words he repeats twice, here in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and then in Deuteronomy chapter 6 also. But in verse 10 it says, When thou has eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good hand land I'm sorry, which he hath given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God. When you go into the promised land, the one that I told Abraham, way back in the covenant I made with Abraham, remember that land? You're going to go in there. Don't forget the Lord thy God. Now listen, what greater blessing. The, the promised land that they've been waiting for all these years, they're about to enter into it. And what does he say to them? Don't forget the Lord thy God. Why does answered prayer cause us to, to, to not be thankful? Because we lose our perspective. Instead of it being about God's promises and the covenant he had made with Abraham, all of a sudden it becomes, look at this land. Look at all of this. Wow, this is awesome. And we stop remembering the Lord thy God. Number one, we need to remember that the answers come from God. When we pray... We're not praying to an unknown God. We're praying to the Lord God, Amen. to Jehovah God. That's who we're praying to. And the answers, when prayers are answered, those answers come from God. They don't come from a self-help book. They don't come from talk shows. They don't come from television. They, don't, they come from God. And we need to not forget that. If you look in Deuteronomy, just flip back a page or two to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10, you're going to see the same thing. It says in Deuteronomy 6.10, And it shall be, when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities, which thou buildedest not, and houses full of all good things, which thou fillest not, and wells digged, which thou diggedest not, vineyards and olive trees, which thou plantedest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord. What a stern warning. And you know what? When you read forward, they did forget. Sadly, they forgot. We need to remember that the, listen, when prayers are answered, thank God. You know what was great about every single testimony here? That all the praise went to him. Nobody said, man, look what I did. It was all about God. And that's right. That's the way it should be. Our thanks always needs to be to God for everything. For everything. The next one is, the, remember that the work is God's. And we just read that in Deuteronomy chapter 6. When the houses are full and, and when you go to get the vineyards that you didn't plant and the trees and all of that work, remember that God's the one who enabled you to do that, who gave you the land, 
who gave us the ability, gave us everything we need. It's God. The work is God. Listen, God's the one who does the work. Oftentimes we're like, well, wait a minute. No, that's not true. Yes, it is. You know, even when God uses people to answer prayer, God's still doing the work. God's working in people's hearts. Too many times we look at situations where, oh man, that person blessed me, and that's, that's great. People do, and listen, I'm, we're thankful. I love our church. The, the people in our church are a blessing, and I know everybody here would, would agree with that. But do you know that God speaks to people's hearts and lays people's hearts during their prayer time? And that's how God uses people, but it's God doing the work. Listen, when God puts someone on my heart and, I, and, and impresses it on my heart or your heart to pray for someone, it's because God did the work and put that person on your heart. It's not like, oh, you know what, man, whew, I'm so intelligent, I just remembered this. No. It has nothing to do with that. It's about God doing the work. And the last point is stay faithful to God. Back in Deuteronomy chapter 8. In verse 11, it says, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God. And here it is. In not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. We got to make sure that we, when God blesses, we stay the course. Follow the Lord. Keep following God. Don't stray. Listen, if God answers a prayer, oftentimes what happens? We're in a trial. When, when 9-11 happened, what happened? Everybody went back to church. You know, two years, not even a year or two years removed from that, the churches were half empty again. That's not the way God designed it. We don't run to God only when we need him. We need to run to God always. Amen. You know, when God blesses, run to God and thank him. Always. Listen, you're in a trial? Thank God. You're like, are you crazy? No. Because if you're going to go through a trial, and we go through trials, by the way, praise the Lord that you're going through the trial with Jesus by your side and not by yourself. That we don't have our own wisdom to rely upon, but wisdom from on high. And the last point is thankfulness requires a deliberate action. Back in the text that we read really quickly in, in Luke chapter uh, 17, you know, this one leper came back. Verse 14, And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass, as they went, they were cleansed. So they're on their way, boom, they're cleansed. Verse 15, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. Thankfulness requires a deliberate action. John Piper said, Genuine thankfulness is an act of the heart's affections, not an act of the lips muscles. In other words, thankfulness is demonstrated in our actions. We can say it, and that we should say it, and we should rejoice, but it also is demonstrated through our actions. That leper, as soon as he realized he was healed, what did he do? He turned back. He didn't stop and say, you know, let me pray if I should go back and talk to him. He turned back. He turned right away. It was an immediate Reaction. It was an immediate reaction of thankfulness. And listen, that's something that we have to kind of help ourselves to do and ask God to help us. That we always, the first reaction that we have when God does something is thankfulness. God answers the prayers. I need to be thankful. 
Sometimes we rejoice in the answered prayer and then forget God. So they're saying, God, thank you. I've known people and they, and they do this. It's, it's, I'm not comfortable doing it, but I think it's good. That when God answers a prayer, wherever you are, just rejoice. Thank you, God. People are like, eh, that's weird. I'm not doing that in public. Why not? We shouldn't be ashamed of God. We should just rejoice. Praise the Lord. People look at you like, huh? God just answered a prayer. It's good. Immediate reaction. Letter B, it was a jubilant response. He turned back and with a loud voice he glorified God. He didn't say, praise God. You know what he said? Thank you, God. I have been a leper for who knows how many years, suffering with this anguish, and you healed me. Thank you. Praise God. With a loud voice. I've never been accused of being soft-spoken. I know you find that incredibly hard to believe. Take my word for it. But you know what? We need to rejoice. Rejoice. When we sing, sing out loud. Said, I can't hold a note. Don't worry about it. It's music in God's ears. Rejoice with a loud voice. And then it was a sincere it was sincere. Look at the next verse. And fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. You know, that's a separate issue. The Jews and the Samaritans had no dealings. We know that. He was a Samaritan. Here he is at the feet of Jesus, worshiping him, praising him. How do I know it's sincere? Because when you're thankful and you fall at somebody's feet, that's real. You know, if somebody does something for you and you fall at their feet, they're going to look at you kind of weird. How did I know it was sincere? Because he fell at his feet. He was thankful. He was rejoicing. I'm going to finish with this verse. I read this verse. I love this. I put it up on the thing. 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 13. It came even to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, that then... The house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. And in verse 14 it says, So that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. You know what brought God? Praise and thankfulness to Him. Listen, when we praise and thank our God, God shows up. Why? Because God is pleased when we praise Him and thank Him and not ourselves. Over the next couple of days, Thanksgiving Day, many families take time and they rejoice with thankfulness and they share different things, and they should, because God has blessed them. But let's not forget, you know, when we're thankful for our families or for our friends or for the food that's that we're going to eat, okay, for our homes, for whatever it is, let's not forget as we are thankful for those things, who gave those things to us? It was God. I thank God every day for my family. I thank God every day for my church. It's God and God alone. And when we rejoice, remember, when you thank and praise him for his goodness, the cloud showed up. Think about what the cloud was. The cloud was God's presence with the people. When, when the Israelites were traveling, it was a fire at night to guide the way, and it was a cloud by day to protect them. 
And you know what they knew when that fire was there, when that cloud was there? That God was there. So when, when they were praising God with the trumpet and with the cymbals and with the music, God showed up. And when you praise God and when you thank God this, this, this Thanksgiving time, and listen, as Christmas is approaching as well, and as we continue to praise and thank him, man, God is pleased and God will show up and God will stir your heart. And if you want to rejoice loudly, go for it. They'll just look at you weird. If it's a long line, you might want to do that. Just praise and rejoice. They might get out of the way. You might have free reign right up to the front of the line. Now, I don't recommend falling on anyone's feet, but I'll leave that to you. But seriously, let's rejoice in everything God has done. Praise him continually. We have so much to be thankful for. Um, and let's just enjoy this week. Let's enjoy our families, but let's not forget the most important thing, and that's our Savior. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much, Lord, for everything you've done for us. Thank you, Lord. Give us a heart of gratitude, a heart of thankfulness as we rejoice, Lord, in all you've done, all you will do. And Lord, may we always remember that all the praise, all the glory, all the thankfulness goes to you and you alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.